And these were the people who, in the face of Black Lives Matter, started up the Blue Lives Matter movement. Um, if Blue Lives Matter, you didn't follow the directions of the officers, you beat one of them to death for sure. I forget what the entire death toll was. I think it was four or five and a bunch of people injured. So the hypocrisy there suddenly comes to the forefront. How can you spend the last two, three years saying blue lives matter and then not follow the instructions of a police officer and then attack them and beat them? It just seems like they didn't have an actual plan. This was more of a symbolic gesture. And I ended up thinking about two movies because let's face it, in the world I live in, I watch a lot of movies, and that's how I contextualize a lot of stuff. When I was a kid and I watched Star Wars, that's how I basically defined good and bad was through the light side and the dark side of the Force. If you want to take Star Wars, they went and blew up the Death Star. Now, it's a big murder machine, so it's pretty easy to moralize and say, yeah, it was a good thing that you destroyed the big machine that's going to blow up planets and kill billions and billions of people. But if you actually look again at the bigger picture, that wasn't necessarily a strategy that was going to win a war. Now, the rebellion in the movies and stuff, they had further planning. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, if you take Star Wars, the original, as an independent story, it was ineffective. It was a gesture for sure. But that was not the end game. That was not going to lead to success. You feel good in the moment, but then the repercussions and then things come to pass and you have to keep going. I recently watched Wind River, which is a very good movie. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. And it's basically about this guy who rapes a woman and she you know, runs out in the snow and she dies in the snow and the body's eventually discovered. And it's a private security force on what I assume is oil lands or something. They don't actually get too specific into it, which was good but it was private security in an area with very little police force. So they felt like they were independent of the law. But there's a scene where there's sort of a standoff between five or six police officers and seven or eight uh, private contract security guys. So they all have guns. This is America. They all have guns. And there's a lot of tension. And my first thought was, well, you, they're investigating a murder and people know that these police have gone out there. There's a federal officer with an FBI agent, a federal officer with them. So, I mean, worst case scenario, the federal government's going to come and try to find their federal officer. So by this standoff was showing that they didn't have a larger game plan. They didn't have a stage two. And that's what I really liked about it because... It was very realistic. They'd gotten into a situation and they were pushing back, but pushing back wasn't going to get them out of the situation. It was just going to make it worse. And it related very directly in my mind to the situation. These people were angry and they did something and a lot of bad things happened. And now there's really no way for them to back out of it. They don't know how to reverse the situation because anyone who supported them before this there's actually a really good chance they don't support them now. And the people who didn't support them who are on the other side, they're now more entrenched in their opinion because you've basically proven them right. So when you're going to start your revolution, 
one of the things to think about is not individual actions. It's how to actually achieve your long-term goal and whether your actions will accelerate or impede that progress. Since I'm talking news, it was this week that the GameStop stuff happened. Um, and it revealed something that I actually understood through my sort of forays into cryptocurrency, which I've talked about multiple times in the past. Uh, and it was about the idea of the free market and the stock market and all these things. And the irony here is that there is no free market. If you don't know what's happened, basically, there was a company that's failing called GameStop. They, felt they sell video game stuff. Uh, it's an old, it's an outdated business model. Uh, it's a brick and mortar store. I'm sure they sell stuff online, but basically people don't go into these stores anymore. Uh, and so its stock was really cheap. Now, hedge fund managers and stockbrokers and stuff, what they were going to do was basically try to drive that company into the ground and profit off it. And a group from Reddit decided to do the opposite. They were going to drive up the stock and hold on to it. And that was going to ruin the plan of these stockbrokers. They were very successful. So they took up the stock. So it was like 100 times more than it was worth. I think it started at five and ended at like 200 or something like that. So massive, massive increase. A bunch of people technically got very rich. Again, we don't, the reality of the stock market is it's only valuable once you like change it into liquid assets. Once you actually sell the stock and get the money, then it's sort of more real because it's in your hands and you can use it. The stock market is always potential profit. And that's the scary thing. It was the same thing when I was doing cryptocurrency is I would buy crypto of some sort. And then if it went up, I mean, it was technically more money, but it wasn't more money until I took it out of crypto. And for the moment, that's actually the failing point of cryptocurrency is there is no sort of full market where you can actually just use crypto all the time. It's not actually funds, which is what they say it is. It just doesn't actually work that way in real life which is exactly what the stock market is. They say it's a place where if you invest correctly, you can make millions of dollars. But the reality is there are groups that are manipulating things, trying to ruin prices and honestly destroy lives. But this has been an actual mini revolution because the rich people got screwed over. And it was Robinhood is the name you've probably heard thrown around. That's the app that people buy stocks through. And the rich people were saying, Robin Hood, you got to stop this shit right now. And they did, which actually demonstrates that the free market they talk about is not free at all. It's actually heavily controlled by the people who have a lot of money and influence. So now this is not going to happen, but there's actually a very real thing that needs to happen. America needs to admit that capitalism and the free market is not real, or they have to let this play out. But letting this play out may mean that groups of people now decide what is valuable and what's not valuable. Now, my personal belief is that I get why they chose GameStop. It's clearly a dying business model. It's a company that's been you know, shrinking and slowly dying out. It's not going to be around for a long time, but it represents something to them. It's a place probably where they bought games when they were young. And it was seen as not valuable to these rich people, so they made it valuable. But that's really just a joke. And what I personally 
think the next step should be is the same people should start putting value on things that are actually valuable for the long term. So you start investing as a group, as a very powerful group of people into technologies like solar power. That is the future anyways. Like people talk about oil and stuff, how long it's going to be around. It just realistically isn't going to be in the same capacity. Exxon, I think it was Exxon, was one of like the top five or 10 companies in the world, like power-wise, and it just fell off that chart completely. These giant oil companies are just losing their place in the world because it's outdated. I had a friend I spoke to and he said they could make their way back, but I was like, based on what? I mean, they lost their position because all they do is oil. Oil's not going to get more popular in the next few years. Solar power or maybe some alternative technology that I don't know about, that's what's going to replace it. But if these sort of groups of individuals band together, they could take control of the stock market in a way that benefits everybody. They could make solar panel companies super rich, so much so that they could actually start getting solar panels out there at a really cheap price and available for everyone so that solar power is now the most common type of power. They could choose ethically appropriate long-term solutions to problems and support them. And the rich people who probably got rich on things like oil wouldn't really be able to do anything about it because this is all about money. And there's not really much they can do to fight back if the majority of people have more money. And this very much relates directly to an old episode Velocity podcast I did about Comcast. And I was saying everyone complains. I don't live in America, so I actually don't have this problem. But everyone complains that Comcast prices are too high, the speeds are too slow, that the service is terrible, all those kind of standard things. They have a monopoly. And my premise was that if enough people got together and just quit Comcast, you might have to go a week, maybe even two weeks without internet. But if enough people quit Comcast, I bet by the end of that first or second day, their prices would drop, their service would improve, and their speeds would go up. And the reason is at the end of the day, if people don't buy their product, they don't make any money. So if you put value on this thing, you can actually control the company by refusing to buy their product. Say like, I'm not going to buy this unless you give me unlimited data and no like star and then unlimited data is five gigabytes. When I want real unlimited data forever for 20 bucks a month. And if everyone says we're not buying your product until you do that, I mean, how much money do they lose if a million people quit, if 2 million people quit, if all of California quits, if all of the states that are run by Comcast, they all start just dropping off the map, they will make that happen in a day or two because they can make it happen. It's not actually a difficult thing to do. So this current GameStop situation actually sort of demonstrates that that's true, that people is a large enough entity can actually outdo the large corporations and whatnot with money because at the end of the day, those large corporations actually need those people to spend their money on them or they don't have that support system, the base with which they can abuse people with. I don't think we're in a situation where there's going to be a real wake-up call. But it is interesting that this is sort of a first step because you take what's happened with the stock market you could apply it to a broader sense to the stock market and show that people actually could take control of it. 
then the investment companies would have to start thinking not what they want to be, not what they want sort of the stock value to go up. They would have to start thinking, what do people want the stock value to go up and make that happen? Otherwise, they're going to miss the boat and lose a lot of money. But then it could be applied in a broader sense of we could decide how much Comcast costs. We could decide how much cable costs. We could decide how much a lot of things in the world cost basically by our ability to withhold our funds to that company. That's all very serious stuff, but it is something to think about because this, if it sort of takes hold, could be a step in the right direction for the future of honestly society as we know it. So last week, maybe two weeks ago, Ninja News Japan, uh, just as a joke, uh, because I mentioned a naked high school girl in the episode, I made a clickbait title for that episode called Naked High School Girl. And the idea was that because it's an uh, audio medium, that it wouldn't have any real impact. You can't listen to a podcast about a naked high school girl and actually see a naked high school girl. So the idea of you clicking it to see a naked high school girl was kind of funny to me because the idea of you clicking an audio format for what's essentially a visual premise is amusing and how stupid you might be. So my numbers for the podcast downloads and stuff were exactly the same. But I realized uh, I convert these into audiograms using a thing called Headliner. And from Headliner, you get a little video. Now, I've been uploading all these to a YouTube channel. Uh, basically, no one watches it. I don't promote it. I don't talk about it because it's not the format I want to work in anyways. But I figure it should be there. Maybe some people discover it that way. Uh, maybe they'll start listening to the audio version of the podcast. Who knows? I just figured it was worth, since since I made a Gmail account, that uh, means I automatically have a YouTube account. It made sense to just upload it anyways. So I uploaded the episode of Ninja News Japan with the title, Naked High School Girl. So since I don't promote it or anything, maybe I get three or four views per episode. Again, it doesn't bother me. I'm not trying to grow there. I'm not trying to make that happen. But I called the episode Naked High School Girl. And when I went back to check like an hour later, it had 28 views. As of today, which is one week later, it is sitting at 91 views. While the video sitting next to it, let me just pull that up so I can see it, has two views. Uh, the C McBee that I posted probably the same day has one view. That even might be me. The one from two weeks ago, uh, Podcast, has one view. So if you ever wonder why things have clickbaity titles, it's because at the end of the day, clickbaity titles work. Because I'm talking an average of 1.5 views for video. And by giving it the title, Naked High School Girl, despite the fact there is no image related to it, and nothing in it is actually... Because the story is about a girl who gets bullied and has to take off her clothes and apologize, and then those two bully girls get arrested. But that got me... 91 views, which is, I don't know what, it's 9,000% more. I actually don't know the proper math on that, and I'm not going to take the time to figure it out. But it is an exponential increase in traffic and views 
I don't assume any of those are going to stick. I'll end up recording this and Ninja News Japan this week, and I will post those. And what's going to happen is those are only going to get one or two views, maybe three or four. But at the end of the day, I'm now tempted to stick naked and high school and girl in every title just to see if I can trick people into listening to my higher quality content. But then I think uh, that's immoral which is probably why I'm not as successful in life as I could be. Because you really have to be immoral and abuse systems and manipulate people psychologically. I'm just not actually really willing to do that. I did that one as a joke. I don't think I could do that every week and actually feel good about myself anymore. Or could I? Podcast. The Loss of Podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, or go to velocipeter.com slash podcast, sexy out homies. The Stark Market.